Welcome to another episode of the Wood Couture Podcast. Today it is a very special edition, actually three-part world exclusive. We have a close encounter with the two founders of Envy Lodges on a one-to-one basis and then hearing their views combined. First up is Noel Omzi. Welcome to the show, Noel. Thank you, Filippo, for having me. For people that don't know Noel, apart from being beautiful, she has a degree in architecture, a master degree in engineering, and nothing less than an MBA from INSEAD. Multiple experiences in architecture, engineering, hospitality, consultancy. Last but not least, she's now an entrepreneur. So we want to know everything about her. So, Noel, we are very curious. Take us through where the journey started. Where is Noel from and your background? I'm already blushing because of the intro that you made. Thank you for that. So, I was born in Beirut. I had a very, very nice childhood. I grew up in a tight-knit family of four. So, I have a brother who lives here in the UAE. I'm fortunate for that. We also had our extended family. And as you know, in all, you know, Middle Eastern families, you're very close to your uncles and your aunts and you spend uh, almost every Sunday with them. So, and my parents really influenced a lot my decisions. Um, so I wasn't gonna study architecture at the beginning. My parents actually wanted me to become a pharmacist because it was easy for, for a lady because they said, okay, you'll open a pharmacy close to the house uh, and that's what you'll do. And then a little bit before uh, I had to go uh, start uh, university, they told me, you know what, you can do whatever you want. And I was like, really, whatever I want? I want to do architecture. And this is what I did. Uh, I studied architecture for five years. And as you know, it's not an easy school to go to. We had so many, uh, you know, overnights, uh, several overnights in a row. Uh, and then, you know, I crash uh, after not sleeping for three nights in a row. Uh, and then I worked in architecture, I worked in design, I worked on site. Uh, I was part of one of the most prominent projects in Beirut. Uh, I was on site coordinating, you know, uh, laborers, of over 400 laborers. And I was one of few women back then because it's a very, you know, male dominated uh, industry. Uh, after that, uh, during that time, I was doing a master's in engineering management at the American University in Beirut. Uh, and I liked the dispute part of it, the dispute resolution when it comes to, you know, disputes between contractors, uh, consultants, owners. And I decided to go and do a summer program in Harvard. Um, it was about uh, dispute, uh, organizational dispute resolution. It was a very rewarding experience. I got to travel all around the US over a summer. And then I came back to Beirut and I joined uh, a, a company uh, in their claims and contracts department. So I looked uh, at huge arbitration cases, claims, you know, uh, lots of disputes around the region. And I remember that our main focus at the time was to shift uh, people's views. It was more about psychology than actually, you know, solving or, or writing down the claim. Uh, we were trying to move them towards mediation and amicable settlement and it's not an easy task to do when you know there's lot like millions of dollars at stake and people come with all their frustration and you know 
it's it's like a, you're their their lawyer, but uh, from a technical uh, technical point of view. After that, actually, throughout my architecture career and even uh, while I was doing claims and contracts, I was so passionate about hospitality and hotels. I always wanted to design my own hotel on a Greek island and retire there, my own small boutique hotel. And I was like, okay, this is my chance to shift careers, to go into hospitality. And I said, what's the best way to shift careers? It's usually an MBA, right? You do mm -hmm. an MBA to, to for, a, for a year or two to buffer, uh, to level the play field, let's say, and then you do whatever you want. And so I got into INSEAD. Um, it was, I don't know, even words cannot express. It was the best year of my life. That was in 2017. Such an, such an eye-opening experience being in a class with 80 nationalities of people from all walks of life. You know, you had medical doctors, you had Olympic athletes, you had dancers, performers, anything. Of course, you had consultants. Anything you can think of, you had in this class. And you can imagine how rich the discussions were um, over any topic related to business, related to ethics, related to philosophy, life itself. Such an enriching uh, experience. And then it was my chance to uh, go in the hospitality world. I joined uh, uh, Shaza Hotels here in Dubai in the development team. Uh, it was a great experience. I learned a lot. Um, really, it was my chance to, to become part of this community, let's say. I met a lot of people, and as you know, and you're part of this community, mm -hmm. everyone knows everyone, <laughs> and we really meet uh, at events to catch up. Uh, such a happy industry for me. Uh, and I tell everyone who, who, who tells me, like, wha what happened? You changed careers. You were an architect. You had the best job in the world. You know, everyone wants to be an architect. I tell them that uh, hospitality, it's, it's full of happiness. Because when an industry's main focus is to make people happy, it also reflects on, on your happiness, right? The, the, the industry's main focus is to make guests happy, to make them comfortable, to see them leaving with a smile. And this also reflects on how we feel. Uh, I'm not a hotelier. I ended up here maybe a little bit by chance. I was, given, I was given the right opportunities, but also I wanted to be in hospitality. I just realized it a bit late in life. Um, but yeah, I don't come from a conventional background. Uh, sometimes this could create some, you know, could give me some disadvantages when it comes to, you know, day-to-day -day things related to mm -hmm. operations. Uh, but in other cases, actually, um, it gives me an advantage because I think about things differently. Uh, I have different perspectives. I, I look at things from different angles. And uh, although, you know, throughout these years, some people, or even myself, I was doubting, like, what the hell am I doing? You know, shifting so much. I don't have a regular career path. I can't reach anywhere. Because people say, yeah, I have 20 years of experience in something, you know, in construction, or in claims, or in hospitality. But I don't. I actually have three years here, two years here, three years here. But at the end of the day, it all came together and it made sense, right? Mm -hmm. um, all, all the experiences that I've had, I don't regret anything. I've, they all add something 
to the way I think today, to the way I look at problems and solutions, to the way I think about things creatively, design thinking. Design thinking now is, is part of anything, even you know the business problems. At the time, it was only architecture and design. Um, so this is my, my unusual career path, if you want, uh, which I'm very grateful for. Um, and I think now I'm realizing how much it made sense to, to go through all of this to reach where I am today. You, you've been very successful. Is listening to your story is incredible because you've been very successful in, uh, in education and business in male-dominated environments. Degree in engineering, so degree in architecture, male-driven environment. Engineering master degree, male-driven environment. MBA, strong corporate, you know, male-driven. You know, I mean, the the MBA is the toughest of all, but you swam through all of it. What kept you going? You know, I I know I mentioned the male-dominating uh, industry when I was on site because. It felt that way, but other than this experience, I, I, I never think about j who who's around me. I never think about, oh, they're all men. Where are the women? Am, am I the only one? Maybe I'm in the wrong place. N not really, because, as I said, I have a brother, and ever since you know I can remember, there was never a difference between how we were treated. Be between how we were raised, the opportunities we were given, the education we were given. So I never thought about any difference between a man and a woman. Um, so this, maybe fortunately, this never uh, pulled me back from trying to reach where I want to reach. And um, I, I, I know I might not have, you know, the, the, the views that everyone you know, like to hear, not, not the politically correct views, I actually don't like this topic a lot, the, the you know, gender balance, gender equality topic, uh, because sometimes I offend people. <laughs> um, <laughs> you tell the truth. Right? I, I tell the truth. Uh, I mean, it also, it also reflects my background, right? Because I, I never experienced discrimination. That's why I don't like this topic and I feel it's irrelevant in today's uh, time. And I feel it's actually when it's pushed to the extreme. Uh, of course, you need to push to the extreme to reach, to adjust, to reach a balance. But I feel we're, we're past this. We're past pushing to the extreme today. And I feel staying there where it's really, you know, pushing the quotas, pushing for m women leadership in a, in a fake way, let's say, if these are the right words to, to use, it's actually um, uh, doing bad to women nowadays. Uh, I don't want to feel, and I'm sure many of other women uh, are also in the same position, I don't want to feel that I was given more opportunities than I actually deserve. I don't want to feel uh, positive discrimination because I'm a woman or because I'm an Arab woman. That's actually another layer that you add to here in the region. Because I really, and I genuinely believe that I, I am, a, a, or I did all the hard work and I worked on myself enough to deserve getting into INSEA, to deserve getting this job or this job, or to deserve being a, a founder today. And it's not because I'm a woman and it's not because I'm Arab. It's because I put the right work. It's because I surrounded myself with the right people. I partnered with the right people. I got the right opinions. 
And that's it. Uh, and we don't need to justify and we don't need to push artificially um, women to be in positions that maybe they don't want to be in. Why don't we ask them what they want? Maybe they don't want to be CEOs. Maybe they don't want to be in C-suite positions. Maybe they want to focus on other uh, things in life. And this is okay. And this is maybe a harder job than being a, C uh, a CEO. And it's totally fine. Throughout your journey, you know, obviously education, work and family, has there been a hero or a role model or a mentor that you always look up or you talk to when uh, you want an advice? Uh, there is not one uh, role model in everything. So I try to find something that I admire in every person. Mm -hmm. So of course I refer to my mother when it's something related to family, when it's something related to relationships. I refer to someone else when it's something related to uh, how to do business in this world. I refer to another person when it comes to networking or public speaking or uh, so I don't really think or maybe I haven't found someone that has it all today maybe I will uh, but uh, because I I want to get the best out of everyone uh, out of anyone I find what I really admire in this person and try to you know uh, Seek judgment, uh, seek uh, advice and guidance from mm -hmm. re regarding this this topic or this thing. For people that don't know you, what's a, a habit that you have that people don't know about you, or something very unusual about you? It's difficult to find something unusual because uh, my, my life has been pretty, you know, usual <laughs> for the past uh, few years. Something maybe not unusual, but I always have a a, a, a trip planned. Uh, and the way I plan trips, you don't want to see my Excel sheets. <laughs> right, right. I plan, uh, these are not work trips, uh, not business trips. These are uh, Personal. leisure trips. I plan them by day, by hour, by half hour with the breaks, with the parking lot where we're going to find, if we're doing a road trip, for example. Uh, this could be, <laughs> and I always have a trip planned, you know. Uh, because I always try to, you know, look forward to something, even if it's in a year time. Uh, COVID was hard for me because of that, because I didn't know when borders are going to open. I wanted to look forward to something and there was no date, you know. Um, but I think this is a bit unusual to my friends who are usually, you know, very spontaneous. They book a, they book a flight without a hotel even uh, and then they go and discover. I cannot do that. I'm a super planner. Um, and I'm trying to change that because you can, I re, I'm realizing, uh, but I always forget that you cannot plan everything. And there are lots of, you know, unknowns that uh, come along the way. And if you, if you can't follow your plan and you've, you've worked so long and so much on it, it frustrates you. And uh, If I take you back before education, have you planned your life at the time? Zero, zero. So where did this come from, this urgency and needs of planning? I don't know. I think it brings me comfort to know what's coming next. Um, but then once I reach it, I realize, OK, maybe actually this way is better. I take it. Uh, I'm not so rigid to follow my plan, mm. but I like to have a plan. Uh, now, sometimes before I decide to, to branch out of my plan, 
it stresses me out and I think this is where my whole stress in life comes from from not sticking to my plan but nevertheless I branch out and uh, I take unusual paths I think uh, or for me they are unusual how did you cope during COVID obviously you know I mean did you have a spreadsheet <laughs> no <laughs> that's why it was stressful and during COVID, actually, I was stuck here in Dubai and my husband was stuck in Lebanon. So it was a difficult uh, period for us. Now, sometimes I say maybe it was good because uh, if we were together, maybe we would have, uh, you know, argued. No, I'm joking. But um, it was uh, I was taking it day by day uh, and I actually enjoyed being at home. Uh, I needed some time to pause just like everyone else. I don't think mm -hmm. I'm saying anything, you know, out of the blue now, but I yeah. needed some time to uh, reflect, to think where I am, what am I doing? And I've had this um, several, you know, at, at several points in my life. Um, I've had this uh, back when I was 24, I lost my father. And it also allowed me to, you know, pause and think and, you know, reflect back on life and what I want from it and, you know, it's, it was the first time I lose someone so, so close to me and so, so mm -hmm. dear to me. Um, and, it, you know, it makes you think about, you know, spending your life in a way that you really want, want to spend it in and being remembered. How, you, how do you want to be remembered after, after so many years? Um, so I've had these, you know, kind of milestones where you say before and after. I say before when my father existed and after he passed away, before COVID and after COVID. And at, at every time I realize, you know, I have, um, I, I have something that- uh, Flashbacks. Uh, yeah, flashbacks and you know, this uh, uh, light bulb okay. <laughs> that, that comes to me. And I think we need this. And if it doesn't uh, come from, you know, externally, like, COVID or you know, the passing of someone, I think you need to schedule those pausing and reflection times uh, to kind of recalibrate uh, where you are. Think whether what you're doing is, is what you want to do um, actually, or you were just, you know, driven by the current and you ended up in a place where uh, it doesn't make you happy. Well, if you don't mind me asking, who is your best memory of your father? It's the one that stands out all the time. Yeah. It's me sitting, you know, with, with his arm around me and, and, and watching movies. He, he loved to watch uh, action movies. Okay, what was his favorite? I don't know, there were many. Uh, <laughs> we used to, we had, you know, cable TV and uh, uh, actually another memory from my father is he's, he loved to watch uh, Formula One. Okay. And because they happened in different cities around the world. He woke us up sometimes on a Sunday morning at 4 a.m. Uh, to watch the Grand Prix. Uh, wow. And he, you know, he was insisting that we join him on this, <laughs> on this journey. And he explained everything to us, to my brother and I. Maybe that's why I don't like to watch Formula One now. Right. Uh, ever since, because it brings bad memories to me. Mm -hmm. I stopped at Schumacher, you know, and Hakkinen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I remember those little moments with, with my dad at home. And of course, every Sunday, going to a different village, a different restaurant around Lebanon. Uh, I discovered so much of Lebanon because my father really 
uh, had Sunday um, as a a blessed day for family okay. where we had to go out for lunch to a different place uh, every Sunday. So I have really good memories of my well, that's, uh I am sure if he was here today, he would look at you and say, wow, you look at my girl. You know, very proud, yeah. achieved a lot. So, and um, I wanted to ask you, it's um, um, very interesting because uh, you say you like to watch action movie and uh, you know, you are really an action girl because uh, <laughs> again, you know, is I'm repeating myself. You swam through, you know, the toughest environment, the best university, you know, multiple industry, and you've been successful in all of that. Uh, is that where your drive come from, the the passion of your father, or is a drive that you have inside you, the the, the fire? No, I think it it it's inside me, and the way. You you know, people see it from outside, it's not the same. It, you know, people say, wow, you've done INSEAD, but when you're in it, uh, of course, it's, it's an amazing experience, but what, what, what you see from the outside sounds more fancier than when you're in it, right? right. Uh, and of course, I had 500 other classmates, so f I didn't feel special. Um, from the outside world, as I told you, it, look, it looks much different. And this is the same with everything. Mm -hmm. um, it looks, uh, success looks different when you, when you, when you look at someone. Um, but because you take baby steps, you actually gradually move into this space. Uh, you gradually move into becoming an entrepreneur because you work on it for your time. You know, it's not just the launch. Yeah. Um, so I'm a very competitive person. Um, sometimes it's good, at other times maybe it's not. But uh, I compete with myself. Uh, of course, sometimes I, co I compete with others on certain things. So I don't compete with one person on everything. As I told you, just like looking for a mentor or, or a guide, I look for a mentor for specific things, just like I compete with people for spe over specific mm -hmm. things. Um, but I compete with myself a lot, and I always compare to myself where I was two years ago or three wow. years ago. And you know, Google Photos on my phone, uh, you know, they pop up and uh, show you memories. And these, when I see a photo, I remember where was I back then? Oh my God, you know, so, so much change has happened. Like what a journey. Who would have thought? Like I, I had no clue back then. I look at myself in the photo and I say, I had no clue right. that I was gonna do that. What's your favorite uh, holiday destination? Oh wow! I have to say Greece because <laughs> interesting. <laughs> because yeah. my husband is Greek and we go there every year. Um, so I, even if it's not, I have to convince myself because I have to go. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I definitely like uh, places that are raw, uh, that are not over, you know, uh, polished, let's say. I like, I like to be out in nature. I mean, it's, uh, you can see where I'm going, but I, I, I like to be um, connected to, to the environment. And Greece offers this, of course, in its own way. Um, 
especially in the little villages, not necessarily, you know, people know Mykonos and uh, Santorini, course. but uh, there's more to it. And you can find this in Lebanon, you can find this in Portugal, in, in Spain, in Italy. I like these small experiences that are very authentic, very genuine, that allows you, that allow you to uh, speak to people, speak to the locals, eat their food, stay in their homes, in their guest houses. There's little, uh, you know, uh, moments that, uh, that, that, that actually make an experience what it is. Yeah, and uh, now you are a businesswoman, obviously. We're going to talk in a few moments with your um, uh, business partner, Chris, and uh, uh, we will talk very deeply about Envy Lodges. But uh, what is the goal that you set for yourself as a businesswoman? What you want to achieve? Um, you know, I always think now, um, what if we got the opportunity to sell now? Would I sell? No. For any price. Give me any number and I wouldn't sell the company that we're founding or we founded uh, a few weeks ago. Um, and this reinforces the fact that I'm not doing it as a business. I'm doing it maybe I don't know if it's to prove something to myself or to set standards or to be remembered that I created something. I think it's a combination of, of all three. Um, I want to create something for the industry. I want to create something for the region. And I want to be remembered for that. Uh, and as I told you, it's not about creating a successful business and exiting. Now, of course, every business at some point, there's an exit. Um, but as I told you, n now I, I don't want to think about the exit at all. Right. So, m uh, as you know, the final magic question that we ask everybody, and considering that you already t told us your desire, so if I put a massive white canvas on the top of Burj Khalifa, what message would you write on that? It's not related to business. It's related to uh, a mantra that you know I, I live by. If you can be anyone, be kind. Uh, and I think being kind can take you to so many places with so many people um, because you can reach the hearts of, of people. And these people can offer you what you lack. They can offer you maybe guidance. Uh, uh, expertise, uh, you know, uh, support, um, but you have to be kind first. And being kind is not, you know, telling people they're beautiful or their clothes are nice or, you know, you're happy to see them. It's generally being kind. Just like you're kind to people, you, c you should also be kind to your environment, to, to the animals, to the places that you, that you visit. So kindness can really take you to places. Dear Noel, I can comfortably say you've been very kind with us and thank you very much. Thank you for, for being having me. Thank you so much.